jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got her the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic, so Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 24 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Ryan Dawkins. Join with me as always are the boys from Any Given Pod, Billy Beeman and Josh Goldberg. How are you guys doing? Good man, can't complain. How was you guys' weekends? You get to watch all the all the games or most of the games. Yeah, I mean, not yeah, yeah. I, I caught it little a little bit at least of every game for sure. Um, I think the some one or two of the Saturday ones, mainly the Chicago one, I kind of checked out of after a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was there was some great games last weekend. I thought there was one, one or two each day that that really kept your interest. And it was nice just having football all day both days. <laughs> that was nice <laughs> it, it was great like just being able to have it on the background at the very least like all day it's uh it's a treasure i mean that six games instead of four or whatever it just makes a whole because then you get it mm-hmm. you can, like they sparse it out throughout the day like yeah. it's breakfast lunch and dinner you know what i mean <laughs> so i was i was stoked dude um that washington game was crazy with taylor heineke and everything i was like yo dynasty value through the roof till i realized he was 27 years old oh is he ah uh, who cares that, that's yeah. his prime no he'll get a shot somewhere <laughs> you wouldn't think it and uh and i think the only other thing that i have no choice but to mention is the steelers browns game loved it holy crap i was like i was i was like putting clothes away and like i was watching literally the first second of it i'm like did that just happen really that pouncy like that pouncy hike into the end zone like oh good lord it reminded me that what a way to go uh seattle seahawks denver super bowl where it was like the first play of the game if ball gets hiked over peyton manning's head and then seattle blows Mm -hmm. him out that's kind of what it reminded me of yep they have to be one of the worst uh teams to start undefeated now yeah the Steelers that is yeah they're they're wow. a fool's school I mean everybody was saying not everybody but a lot of people were saying like this is one of the worst like undefeated teams out there and dude down the stretch you can see it I don't know if it's uh been wear and tear throughout the season or just they just really are they just weren't really a truly playoff caliber team I don't know maybe they had some injuries on defense not entirely sure what happened there but to get spanked yeah their defense their defense fell apart, but I think more than anything you saw it in the final game is they were super one-dimensional and they had to come from behind. But even so, like uh, uh, Josh pointed it out earlier, was it's like he threw Somewhere, 63 passes? I think down? 68, but it was in the in the 60s, yeah. 68. I mean, they can't they can't run the ball at all, uh, whether it's injuries or offensive line, whatever it is, they just they don't have that part of their game anymore, and it's really affecting them uh, down the stretch. Yeah, Najee Harris will fix that for him next year. Yeah. <laughs> That's what everybody's <laughs> saying, man. Everybody, I mean, it's a great landing spot, though, no? I totally agree. James Conner is out. I mean, sorry to your Benny Snell shares. Bye-bye. But uh, Najee Harris, yeah, he's – tell you what, if he's there, I, I will be drafting him yep. heavily. Yeah, I think James Conner's out, too. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody in that backfield I really want to try to invest in. So, how about the Rams Seahawks game? Like, I did not see that coming. One, what they had, they had Wolford in there, right? And he got the shit knocked out of him. And then uh, Goff had to come in there with like the baseball thumb. And I don't know. I'm, Jamal Adams hit him in the head, hit Wolford in the head with his shoulder, and then tried to say he didn't. But, oh, he did. Uh, he, yeah, he crunched up like an accordion, dude. Wolford did. Um, but yeah, sad to see him go like that. I couldn't believe that they beat the Seahawks that way. I guess that is the biggest surprise, even though I, I don't even know if the Rams will make it out in the next round. But I, I can't believe the Seahawks lost that way. And then they fire the offensive coordinator, Schottenheimer, uh, today. So a lot of changes coming there. I, huh. I saw a lot of people happy about that. I didn't even hear that. about that. It just happened like 
20, maybe oh, an wow. hour ago. I don't know, but very recent. So, I mean, uh, obviously it seemed like he was letting Russ cook. And I think a lot of people like that, but now I, I don't know. I was seeing a lot of people on Twitter, like DK shares through the roof. Like, and I'm like, I don't know why they don't even have a new offensive <laughs> coordinator yet. <laughs> no, supposedly, breaks, supposedly but, uh, they want to sign the yeah, so offensive it, coordinator. Oh, really? that, that means they'll be running the ball okay. a little more. Yeah. I mean, I, Maybe with who? I don't know. That's another. That's another thing. There, you know. It's. I, I love this. How we're so reactionary. Okay. Uh, Schottenheimer's gone. Sweet. All these guys through the roof. But like, we don't know. We have no idea who they're gonna bring in, right? And that's why I'm saying, like, DK through the roof. What do you <laughs> mean? Like, I thought they were throwing the ball more than ever. They more than Russ has ever thrown this year, yeah, um, especially early on. Right. But uh, speaking of dynasty value in Seattle, just real quick. I feel like this is like a fantasy enigma, Chris Carson. Yeah. Or a dynasty enigma, rather, Chris Carson. Like, he's so ta- – I mean, he's definitely talented. He he. If he's there, he gets – in healthy, he gets fed a lot. Uh, I mean, let me, let me look up his contract real quick to just see if that sheds any light on anything. But um, he's been pretty good this year. Is there, any, is there any downside to Chris Carson other than the injury stuff? I don't think so. I just think he, unfortunately, has that injury designation. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go on board and say you could throw my name in the, the hat with all the guys that just don't trust it. Like, I faded Carson since day one. Uh, I've been wrong about it, you know, largely just because he has produced, but, like, he's never been a guy that I've ever wanted any part of for any type of reason at all. Like, I've just – anytime he's been there to draft, like, I've always been able to find a guy right below him that I'd rather have for some reason, right or wrong. But there's something about Chris Carson that I've just – try to stay away from him. I think there's a lot of us in the community that just kind of have that same feeling. Maybe it's injuries or just Seattle running back backfield has been mushy ever since Marshall Lynch is gone. I don't know. Something about it just not very, I don't know, tasty to me. Yeah. I mean, like he's a free agent this year. So that might, I mean, that has a lot to do with it from a dynasty perspective, a ton of uncertainty. Uh, you know, he's been good, but yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's really just what it is. I don't like trusting these injured players either, but a guy who's as productive as he's been, it's, uh, it's tough to like, just kind of fade him, fade him away like that, just because, you know, age and he doesn't have a team because he's likely going to have a team and they use guy they're, they're going to use the guy like him, right? They're going to pound him. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I did see the quote from Pete Carroll that came out, I think yesterday or a couple of days ago where he was talking about, Hey, we do need to run the ball more you know, paraphrasing, hey, the fans might not like to hear it, but you need to be able to run the ball more so you can dictate what you can do on offense. And maybe that, maybe that's why it butted heads with the OC there. And he's like, no, we're not going to let Russ cook anymore because that's not what really works for us. I mean. Right. And that, and word is, is that there was a division between him and Schottenheimer and that's why Schottenheimer's out, honestly. Uh, But just looking at Chris Carson uh, this year, only 141 rush attempts. He only played 12 games. But the two prior years, over a thousand yards, uh, twelve hundred and thirty last year, seven touchdowns at least each year. I mean, guy, guy could be a beast. And how old 25? is he? Twenty-five. Twenty-six years old. So nice, no, twenty-six. So he's probably got two, two good years left in him or so. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess, honestly, getting the full picture now, we're kind of seeing why he's a uh, why you're hesitant to have him as a dynasty value. Okay. Yeah, it's all good. It's a really good question. All right. Uh, next thing I have here because. Last episode, we talked about a bunch of coaches being gone, and then here's a another one. We have Doug Peterson gone. So uh, that's kind of a strange story that came out of there. I mean, obviously, if you go back weeks ago, it's where they benched Wentz for Hertz. Wentz wasn't, you know, doing very well to begin with, so I'm not surprised about it. But there's more to the story, obviously, because they ended up firing Doug Peterson. They both came out with uh, – was it Roseman or the ownership, Laurie, Jeff Laurie, right? And uh, yeah, and yeah, then, I thought it was Howie. Yeah, no, Jeff Laurie was the Marlins. No, I don't know. You think I don't really pay that much attention to my competition. No, <laughs> Howie Roseman's the exact Howie Roseman is the executive vice president of the okay. Philadelphia. There Eagles. we go. And Jeffrey Laurie. Go Anyways, they both came out with statements saying, "Hey, we talked about it." And long story short, you know, his vision doesn't line up with my vision. And we're hearing just days before Wentz was wanting to get traded, probably because Peterson's still going to be there. So when I'm reading, reading the tea leaves here, I'm thinking it's a Peterson-Wentz issue. 
And then management, it's like, hey, no, Wentz is our guy. Peterson, you're out. Thanks for the Super Bowl, but it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. You, you nailed it. I think you laid it out really well. That's exactly what it seems to be. And now it looks like Carson Wentz is going to at least get another year uh, before we move forward. It is that their owner is Jeffrey Lurie. So there we go. Um, yeah. So we nailed it on all fronts. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a huge shot to Jalen Hurts immediate value from a dynasty perspective, right? Two weeks ago, Hurts was probably the starting quarterback next year. Now, He's definitely not next year at the Eagles. I mean, maybe something else could happen and somebody makes a move for him. I wouldn't and, say def- and then sorry, Bill, I didn't a- cut you off, but I wouldn't say def I wouldn't say definitely yeah. not. I think this definitely opens up much more of a quarterback competition than there would have been if Hertz didn't go out there and perform the way he did. Okay. That's I, I mean that that could be true. Maybe maybe uh, Wentz continues to play poorly next year and Hurts finds his way back in. And then, you know, we're back in the same situation and Hurts has a starting job. So you're not wrong about that. Uh, but it's so much more uncertain now. So, uh, I mean, for me, I kind of think this is a buy low window for Hurts, in my opinion. I think at some point he gets a job after you've seen what he can do and him being the Konami code mm-hmm. and everything. I, I, there's just no way in the next year or two, he doesn't get a job. And, and I can tell people are already, you know, uh, skittish and backing off of this now. Um, so I think it's an, it's a window for sure. What do you guys think? I agree. Like, I think, uh, probably like you said, this probably gives Wentz another year or at least, at least week one, right. Or week two or whatever. And then there's always the chance that Hertz is the guy towards the end of the year. And then after that, they got to be done with Wentz, right. If that happens again. Yeah, absolutely. And then the money is a lot easier for them. I know I see that the cap isn't isn't really really real. It's fluid, but they're the worst off. So <laughs> yeah. they can't afford they can't afford they to eat Wentz right now. So but they also, kinda... Wentz has, go ahead. Sorry, uh, I was going to say Wentz has an entire off season now to fix whatever ups he was fi- feeling. So we could see him in spring training coming out looking like a do- the dominant Wentz that we're we're used to seeing. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Probably on both fronts, right? So uh, a week ago, Hertz was, you know, cautioned you at least, you know, probably like a mid first or, you know, almost late first. Now maybe he's a little bit cheaper now, so you could probably go out and get him. I think maybe the consensus is kind of what I'm thinking that this is a good sign for Wentz. I mean, maybe it's not, I don't know, but it sure seems like it. So and if that's, if that's the case, then buying low on Hertz seems like a good thing to do. Okay, so then let's turn it around. Let's flip it because I think this might maybe more useful to people than I mean more useful. I don't know, but this could be useful to people. Either way, if you have Wentz and this news hits right, and you've been wanting to get out of Wentz, I mean obviously you're you're there's a window opening for you to sell him. Now, if he comes out week one, say you hold him till week one, week two, whatever it is next year, and he comes out like Josh is saying. And, 300 three touchdowns 303 touchdowns and he's just slinging it right would you would you be willing to keep Wentz or is that like now you're selling Wentz like if he goes off or do you think Wentz has has a chance and you're going to hold that I would try to get out of him uh I mean maybe even right now uh I don't know man you, you already saw the organization bench him once already so that that's already like a warning sign he's going to end up going somewhere he's not going to be out of the league you know three years from now, he's going to be around what capacity. I don't know what organization. I don't know. Um, any chance he gets a value spike. I think I'm probably going to get out on Wentz. I bet most people would disagree with me, but that's, that's what I would do. Okay. I mean, I personally, I would personally hold him just to see, but just because, I mean, his value could blow up, but again, it really depends on your team construction and what other quarterbacks you have and everything. I mean, that's true. That's true. No, totally. I I do. Yeah, it's funny because I, I've been preaching a lot this offseason about taking more chances on quarterbacks and whatnot in Superflex especially. But, you know, that caveat is we've been talking about a lot of young quarterbacks who hold value for longer. With Wentz, this is a guy who, like, like your eyes saying, it's the context that matters. He's been benched already in this league at this organization with the backup quarterback that's there. 
the only reason he's getting another shot is because the organization clearly has a soft spot for him. You know, if, if I can get a first round pick for him now, because somebody's, I'm probably going to do that, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, and then if he, if he blows up, I mean, I'm selling him high as I possibly can. If, if that, if I, if I had him and couldn't get rid of him and then, you know, in season he does well. I agree. And then there's one last thing, you know, that fan base, they, a lot of them already decided, I mean, at least the ones on Twitter have already decided that they're ready to move on from Wentz. So next year, fans in the stands, Wentz comes out, throws, makes a couple of bad decisions. Batteries are getting thrown, booing. <laughs> you can only deal with it. You said batteries <laughs> are getting thrown. <laughs> you've been to a Philly gamer. <laughs> Philly's, you've been to a game before. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, that they can be unsufferable and, uh, as an ownership and management, yeah. you kind of want to appease your fans. So, you know, that, that, that might That's come true. into play. All right, moving on. So this is a fun one that I, I really don't think is really too much worth talking about as far as it really actually happening. I don't know. So the rumor is, and it's probably true, Watson wants to be traded out of Texas. And then the big one is, I see people saying, hey, if I was Miami, I would trade Tua the third the 18th and next year's first for Watson. I wanted to ask Josh, cause he's the big Miami fan. Would you do that? One more time. What was the, what were the picks? Sorry. Your, your two first this year, which is what I think three and 18. 18. Yeah. And then next year's first and Tua and Tua, and Tua for Watson. Yeah. I'm disconnecting my microphone right now. Hold on. Where? How? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> absolutely no that is absolutely ridiculous i mean Tua and 18 maybe but honestly i want to stick with Tua. draft give me um smith and Najee harris with our two and our 18 or three and our 18 or whatever it is and let's get some alabama production there and reunite Tua with his team and see what happens i love that answer what about you, Billy? Yeah, listen that 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 trade scenario is is off. It's out of this planet. I don't even understand it. What are you talking about? Deshaun Watson's great. Don't get me wrong, but are you kidding? Three worth first round picks, an entire future. Like, that's ridiculous. Who who do who do they think is running the Dolphins? Bill O'Brien. <laughs> like, what is going on? That's a great answer. Really? No, there's some like <laughs> what is well respected people saying, "Hey, this is this is a trade I'd throw out there totally because Watson's top five, top three, no matter what." And you don't know what happened to him. Like, haven't you been paying attention to what they've been doing there? They've been doing this, this is, is what ridiculous. they've been doing. They they set themselves up for Tua, two first round picks this year for Tua and smooth picks and just just. Fight what the fans think and what we all, you know, whatever think. They're going to give Tua a chance with a good supporting cast, and they're going to get that supporting cast this year and probably give them two years at least to work with it. Like, that's that seems to be what they want to do. Otherwise, they would have made some decisions by now. Uh, there, I, There's no way in, in hell I think that three, they're cho- choosing another quarterback. I think they'd likely uh, – trade down if anything and uh we actually had our our buddy matt on who's a big dolphins fan um on any given pod this week and we talked a lot about this and you know the consensus is trade down if you can grab some offensive talent Mm -hmm. wide receivers running backs all that stuff maybe some offensive linemen if you can and and move on with it man like you don't need to be making stupid decisions like that (laughs) like uh, that's just crazy to me man yeah, it's crazy to me too. And just to see some people like really serious about it, I'm like, man, they're like calling to a trash already and all this stuff. I'm like, they built, they built for this, you know. You got to yeah, man, for shot. real, for real, for real. So, and they'll have a new offensive coordinator next year. Like, who knows? They'll open up a playbook. Tua will be able to. Did you see Tua in college? He's amazing. Like, come on, guys. Get out. Not just that. Was he that bad this year? I don't think he was that bad. I think maybe. It was like you guys were saying last week, maybe the offensive play call just wasn't, you know, built for him, right? I think he threw like two picks all season or something like that. And they were like after four or five starts, which is not generally how it goes for rookies. And one year removed from like hip surgery. So it's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. And, And 
and again, this guy, this is a guy who could not pan out, but we got to give him a little bit more opportunity than what he did this year. You know, like it's not a short thing, but great prospect. He looked good. Uh, needs a lot, lot more around him. So hopefully he gets that this year. And, and I think not, I think doing whatever that trade was is not going to help this team get anywhere. They need a lot of help. All right, here's a fun uh, dynasty spin. Would you trade Tua two twenty one firsts and a twenty twenty two first for Watson? Superflex. No. 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 All right. I mean, I don't think it's that far off. I think that it, maybe without one of the firsts, I would consider that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like. I don't know. It just seems like you're mortgaging a little bit too much. You could get, you could get a dynasty QB with one of those picks. You have no, you know what I mean? Like you really don't know. And, and I, I mean, of course it always matters context. Like if you're going to win next year with Deshaun Watson, maybe it's worth it, but you know, in, in a vacuum. Yeah. I just wonder the people that talk about these real life trades. I wonder if they, you know, they play too much dynasty. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, five firsts and two. Uh, <laughs> like, all right. Um, That's what was I going to say? Uh, all right, never mind. I thought I, I had something on Watson, but never mind. Oh, do you think Watson stays in Houston? Um, I know he really wants to get out of there. Uh, who's that? Andre Washington, right? Wide receiver for... Texans for uh, Johnson. Andre Johnson. Andre, Andre, Andre Johnson. Uh, yeah. He was their receiver for a lot of years, thousand yard receiving, always trashy, trashy quarterbacks. And then he ended up retiring like super early, right? Because the organization yeah. is trash. And so I actually saw a comment from him on Twitter. And he's like, I don't normally, I don't follow the you know league that much. And he's like, but I will tell you that organization has been known to just like beat people down, like make them not want to play anymore, just not feel good about themselves. I think something similar happened with like Megatron when you have like just a terrible organization you could have all the talent in the world you just went out you know so yeah yeah arian foster actually chimed in on that i think i saw on twitter um but who's the guy uh i it's slipping my mind right now um he came from the patriots he's now their vp of direct uh, football or whatever we just talked about uh, jack easterby sorry no no jack easterby who came from the Patriots. He was uh, whatever he's works over there. Now, apparently, apparently they're like, nothing as good as happened since he came over mm. here. So they're, they're throwing shots, dude, they're throwing fucking poop at everybody that walks by, man. They don't care. They're just, everybody over there has got the, the Houston stink on them. <laughs> stank. Stank. <laughs> it doesn't seem like even if he, if he is out of Texas, I don't think there's too many places that he can land that are much worse, I guess, you know, that, I don't know that's why i was asking him like i mean if he goes anywhere like what's worse than where he's at it's got to be better right i know they've won a division like a bunch of times over the last few years but like look at that division too so yeah i was about to say (laughs) that's not much of a feat (laughs) i think they i think they won it like seven and nine some of those times too or whatever all right so the answer is no no watson for two and your entire future no glad we settled that (laughs) That's how it needs yeah. to be put going forward in all the all the scrolls. <laughs> to end your entire future <laughs> for Watson. Well, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, yeah. All right. So we have a we have a listener question. Uh, Greg Jennings. He's been following our show since day one, almost day one. Uh, what up, Canadian Greg? friend of ours? What up? What up, Greg? What, what, what up? It what goes up? by at rbcr Jennings on Twitter. He asked the question. It's a great question because it's something. I didn't really have a handle. I don't even know if I still do have a handle on it, to be honest with you, but I know I didn't have a handle on it early on. He says, what's better, future picks or known commodities? So in, in the vacuum, I just say no commodities, obviously, because you know what you have, but picks have value too, right? So it's, it's a cyclical thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. This just came to me too. Um, and I've been thinking about this a little bit, but it depends on what time of year <laughs> it is, is a part of it. Uh, there's a, a great graphic that um, at EK Baller, or yes. I, I believe it yep. is. It is, is yeah. what it is? I, I, I'll look it up. Hold on, let me look it up because I don't want to fuck it up. And I want to give him his credit. Um, yeah, so it's at EK Baller. That's what it, that's what it is. Uh, he actually created this graphic like uh, an off season or two ago 
that shows you basically dynasty value and what you should be doing and what's happening uh, throughout the year. Um, and it's it's really just kind of what we're talking about here, right? Uh, I think it, if uh, you're right, you can tweet it out from the account, possibly. That'd be great. Um, what's it called? Oh, but, uh, but what we're talking about here, you know, it makes a lot of sense because Right now, you know, right now, leading up to the to your rookie drafts, these rookie picks have a lot more value, and uh, sometimes they are better to have than known commodities at this time. And loading up on them leading up to the draft, where you can kind of then dish them out for for you know known commodities, um, is is what you want to do. But uh, like like your I said, in a vacuum, and this is my my answer is known commodities for sure, hands down. They're the only things that score you points and win you championships. Um, that's, you know, that's the answer, but it, it's really what time of year. And you kind of need to know that you kind of, you, you really need and know your league and, and know when you need to kind of hold your picks. And based on your team, of course, if it's a contender, know when to sell those picks, build, you know, that, that beast and, and win real quick. Um, yeah, I guess that's my kind of answer. How do you feel about it, Josh? Um, I mean, I've been on record before saying no commodities. It's very rare that there's going to be a draft pick that you you're 100% sure that he's going to be a top producer for you. So in my opinion, you always go known commodities. Now, you don't want to go somebody too old if you're still trying to compete and you're a rather young league. But, I mean, if you could trade, a, let's say, your first for somebody like Akers or CEH or somebody that somebody might not be so high on, but you know that in the long term they should be high producers for you for at least three to five years, I'm making that trade. I would say, yeah, I, I agree completely. This is one thing that like I'm going to try to do better with. I kind of tried to look at it like this last year. This is still my only second off season, so I'm no expert, but this is kind of, I'm going to try, try my best to look at not only my rankings, but people who have been doing this longer, me, their rankings, plotting them out like a uh, 12 team league, right? If it's super flex, I'm going to say that the first three picks are quarterbacks this year. It might even be more. So then you're looking at, okay, what is, what is my 111 worth? Or who, who is my 111, more importantly? Because in three, four months, that 111 isn't going to be 111. It's going to be a name, right? It's going to be a Justin Jefferson, or it's going to be a Jalen Rager, or whatever it is. So um, this time, right, right now, like today, is not the time to really sell your picks. You kind of want to see that kind of morph these uh, rankings kind of get a little more solidified. And then maybe after the combine or you're not going to be making your picks. This is actually the best advice. Don't sell your picks now at all. Wait till after the draft when landing spot has happened, certain players are going to go through the roof. When you're getting ready to draft those picks are people are going to have crushes on a bunch of different people. And you actually know the name that's associated with that pick. So then you got to look at it. Okay. So do you want to sell a Juju, just Juju Smith Schuster, right? Say, I'm going to throw something just random out here. You could get uh, 110 for him. So then you want to go look and see who's going to be sitting there at 110, this new rookie. How confident do I feel based on his film, production, other metrics, landing spot? Is he going to be better for me in the long run than Juju going forward? If that's the case, you know, get the pick, right? Sell your Juju. Do you get what I'm kind of saying? Like, I'm, I'm going to try to kind of look at it that way because – these, again, these picks aren't going to have, aren't going to be picks anymore. They're going to be names. And you want to look at what you have, if it's willing, if you're willing to sell what you have to get the unknown commodity. No, I, I think you nailed it, dude. Once your pick has a name, it gains so much more value, right? And uh, that's why the 101 right now is super value. So you can, now that's a trade, that's a pick you can, play with you know anytime because you know what it is you know it's trevor lawrence hands down and you know if i'm talking super flex league so it's uh so with that you know it's it's a little different where that pick is a known commodity almost you know what i mean so that's kind of what you're looking for and that's almost what you're saying is wait until your pick is more of a known commodity more of a you know this is the range of player i can get and then you have so much more value um on, on you know it holds so much more value uh, but definitely known commodities are, are what you want there. They can get you picks at almost any time, especially the good ones. So, you know, that's, that's just, uh, 
yeah, that's the way to go. But I think you, I think you both just gave some great, great advice on that. Honestly. Yeah. I told Greg, we'd talk about the trades. He said he's shipped off all his future trades. Uh, he gave me the concept of 10 team, one quarterback. They have three rounds. So I put it in this trade analysis thing. So I could kind of keep track. And I think, I think I have it figured out, Greg. So essentially he traded away Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Juju Smith Schuster, 2021 first, second, third, Terrington Evans. In return, he got J.K. Dobbins, Terry McLaurin, Chase Claypool, Deshaun Watson, and a third. So if I'm going to break this down by position, I think he did a hell of a trade here. To me, what it looks like is this a super flex? This is one QB. So Watson is not, I mean, it's still big, but it's not. That's okay. Wait, you're right. Which side do you think came out better? Uh, well, he basically his side. So he ended up giving away. So he upgraded, in my opinion. He went from Clyde Edwards Lair to J.K. Dobbins. He traded in Juju Smith Schuster and ended up with uh, Terry McLaurin, Chase Claypool. And then first, a second, and a third, and Darrington Evans for Deshaun Watson and a third. Where Where's that first round pick? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Okay. It's a 10 team league. So that kind of gives it a little more value. Yeah. There's limitations there. Um, I mean, I love Greg, but unfortunately I think he got the short end of the stick on this one, mainly just because of the draft picks. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Watson, but I don't think he's worth a full, a full sheet of picks personally, plus all the extra sweeteners he got. I mean, CEH had a down year, but he was also buried on the depth chart. Um, ugh, I don't know. I mean, I might be in the minority and thinking that he got the short end of it, but that's just how I'm doing it. Okay, let's let's have some fun with this real quick. Wait. Would you rather have J.K. Dobbins or Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Me? Yeah. Just no setups. Um, ugh. Honestly, I might go CEH. Okay. What about you, Billy? Uh, J.K. Dobbins. Okay. Would you rather have Terry McLaurin or Juju Smith-Schuster? Juju. That's it's tough, but I'm going. I I want I, I want Terry. <laughs> really? But really? I, I, yeah. I, I yeah I do. I do. All right. Would you rather have Deshaun Watson, Chase Claypool, and a third, or a first, a second, and a third, plus Darrington Evans? Um, in that format, honestly, like, so the way I, I was looking at it, to be honest with you, because I, I definitely see, yeah, in, in that case, I mean, you're taking the, the, the Deshaun Watson side, I think. Um, but like split it up differently. And I was like, the, the way I was thinking of it more was um, Claypool and McLaurin for Juju. That's easily Claypool and McLaurin for me. And then I think the picks for Watson are a little much. But if I put it all together, like I like his sideway better because I think he got more value. Like I think if you put it all together and it was one trade, like I don't mind giving up those picks to get the J.K. Dobbins like I, done. Because I think that's be how honest, I look at it. After you broke it down like that, you're right. I'm actually kind of like flip flopping on this. <laughs> like when you actually <laughs> I should look, have sent you a picture. Yeah, but no, like actually when you look at it like at a one for one and break it down that way, I mean, I like Billy said, I do think the first second answer were a little too high of pick value pick values but i understand why he did it yeah it was interesting also credit to him for doing a lot of trades he broke it down i think it was about four different trades and i just kind of tried to compile it for him uh so we could discuss it yeah so that's kind of what i came up with i think he ended up with the extra third out of all of it but also chick ton of yeah. ton of Sorry, ton of credit to anybody newer to Dynasty making that many trades uh, in one league, one season. I, I think any of us who have done it know know how difficult it can be. So it's uh, that's pretty badass that you got. And those are all you know mm-hmm. big name players. And he uh, he ended up trading away Claypool, Claypool, and ended up getting him back. So oh wow, uh, he, well, he he's a Canadian. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like I yeah, need him. I yeah. need a rep. <laughs> all right. I love that. Well, that was fun. Hey, thanks for the question, uh, Greg, by the way. Yeah, always. Thank you. So you guys want to revisit uh, landing spot? Does it matter? 
Yeah, let's touch on it a little bit. I mean, for sure. Right, so I just listed a couple of guys. You guys had CEH on here. Then I threw some others on there that were just fun. So CEH does the landing spot matter. I think we all know that after yeah. the draft, when uh, CEH went there, he shot through the roof, right? He blew past most people's rankings. He was, you know, probably the second or third ranked running back on consensus, right? He, he, he jumped over Jonathan Taylor for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like for a bit there, right? Like mm-hmm. he did. But should it matter? I mean, he, he had a good season, but I mean, is he still, is he still the one-on-one? So wait, I think we all, I think the community and uh, yeah, I think the community read it wrong. I think landing spot does matter. We just thought the landing spot was going to be a good one for him. (laughs) It's not like, I think that's what it is. They pass the ball way too much and they don't need to rely on a running game and they don't, and maybe they don't want to rely on one guy. They clearly brought in bell to, you know, to uh, spell him, to spell uh, CH a little bit Uh, for what reason we don't know. Maybe next year he'll be more involved, but, I really do think that we, we might've read it wrong and, and thought he was going to get way more opportunities in general. And it's, he's not getting as many uh, variety opportunities in that offense. Cause they have so many offensive weapons. Yeah. And then, uh, so I, I totally agree. I think he's still got a lot of talent. I saw, I saw a really snarky comment today. It was like, cause someone was going back and forth on Twitter about it. And they're like, Oh man, but they're like, you know, the franchise quarterback, he said they handpicked him. Like, you know, he's amazing. Like, how could you, you know, and one guy was like, yeah, well, maybe I wouldn't let my young quarterback make personnel decisions. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's your franchise quarterback, but yeah, maybe he shouldn't be making personnel decisions. I thought that was pretty funny. So yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, DeAndre Swift. So DeAndre Swift, um, a lot of people had him. RB1 or RB2, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift for the longest time until after the draft. And Swift ends up going to Detroit where there's on Johnson. And then they brought in what Peterson and stuff. So then Swift was like this. He was just thrown away, you know, thrown away in the garbage. Nobody wanted him. And, uh, you know, he turned it on at the end. on Johnson's not the dude. He's nowhere near as talented as DeAndre Swift. And uh, so that, that landing spot hurt his value. But if you're sharp or whatever, and stuck to your guns like you could have got swift uh, a little bit cheaper from certain players so did that landing spot matter I, it, it, uh, I mean it definitely mattered at the beginning right because of who is there and that there, there were multiple people in front of him uh at the running back position adrian peterson and and whatnot did it matter as far as like his his uh the end result right I guess, I guess not, but we talked about, I think we talked about this a lot throughout the season and maybe, and I, I don't know if we talked about it last time, but um, you know, the cream rises to the top most of the time. Uh, the, the talent will show itself and will definitely come out on top. And I think that proved true with Swift and all season long, we told our listeners go out and buy Swift. People are crazy. He's awesome. He's going to shine through and he's going to come through. Um I mean, uh, yeah, I guess the landing spot didn't matter for him. Yeah. It's kind of, they're kind of two contrasting running backs, in my opinion, where CEH landing spot shot him up or everybody wanted him like above Swift, where before landing spot was known, Swift was well above CEH. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I have CEH in a couple of leagues. Some of the offers I was getting right after I drafted him, I wish I would have pounced on. I mean, I was really thinking he was going to be the next coming of Kareem Hunt over there, but obviously he isn't or hasn't proven himself to be just yet. Absolutely. And then you have uh, Swift is kind of the opposite where he went to a landing spot where everyone's like, oh, that's a terrible spot for him to be. But man, he's talented. And it it just kind of, I don't even know what the point is of this exercise other than the fact that like, we know what we thought of these players before landing spot. And then after landing spot, it seems like by the end of the season, what we thought before where they went is more true than what we thought of after they had a spot. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I think yeah, so. definitely. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, no, no. Another one is Dobbins. Uh, this one is kind of, everyone thought it was a juicy landing spot. Everyone liked Dobbins and it actually worked out. <laughs> it's short and sweet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's strange. 
this landing spot definitely seemed to matter for him uh, for a lot of the season. And um, I think it's going to continue to matter for him. I'm not, I'm not sure it's the best landing spot for him where he could have gone uh, to get, you know, all the running back work and passing work. It's just so much is taken away by Lamar Jackson. Um, but he definitely, he definitely proved that he's the most talented back on that. Team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as, especially next year, he'll have a much bigger role and expanded opportunities. So. Absolutely. Another one I think that I want to throw up on here was Jefferson. We all know the season he had was phenomenal for a rookie. I think uh, <clears throat> at least me personally, I was thinking it was kind of a bad landing spot for him because I know Diggs was gone, but they tend to run the ball a lot there. So I was like, well, there's not going to be a whole lot of work for him there. Anyway, Kyle Rudolph is there. Dalvin Cook is there. Irv Smith is there. Thielen is there. And Jefferson's a slot guy. And I was like, well, that's not a very good spot for him, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> you mean that you mean the team without a wide receiver too is not a good spot <laughs> for him. Like we were, we were, he, I mean, this, he was like my number two receiver behind Judy um, in my, in my personal ranks or whatever coming out. I was so stupid not to like somehow get him somewhere. Uh, he's literally unacquirable at this point. Yeah, pretty much. There's, there's no price you could pay to really get him. Like, no, no, not that, not that you're no, willing to pay. No. Yeah, it's kudos to him, man. What a season. I uh, yeah, I'm stoked for his career. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Him. Another one. I don't know if it, anybody was actually super down on Lamb landing in Dallas. I mean, people are stoked of that what the offense could be, but looking at like all the uh, who's gonna have to share with, they're like, well, you know, we should tamper expectations, but the dude balled out, right? So that's another case where maybe perception of landing spot was kind of wrong because the talent was just so good. He went out there, did some things as a rookie that were pretty special. Uh, he only had a good quarterback for almost a full five weeks. And then after that, it was extremely questionable. <laughs> um, I think he did great. And another one of those things were landing spot. I don't know, for at least for me and what I saw, people were like, they were excited about Dallas in general, but not really necessarily Lamb because of where he went. Because he, he didn't have he didn't go to a spot where he had a chance to be the guy, wide receiver one, right? Because he had Amari Cooper there and then Gallup's up and coming. So like what, there's not going to be anything left for Lamb. That was just complete. No, and I, I'm, I was certainly, Go ahead. sorry. Go ahead. No, and I was certainly one who was, I was that person. I was not high on, I was not high on Lamb coming out a little bit because of the landing spot. Uh, also, I, I wasn't as high on everybody just in general uh, of him coming out, but he's clearly the real deal. And it's just another thing, you know, we like to, especially as analysts, we like to pick and choose where we'll use, oh, the cream rises to the top, but not here. Like not with lamb, he's not going to mm-hmm. rise. Like, you know, and, but it's like, of course, that's what's going to happen. And, and receivers are long-term values. So it's just, yeah, that's something that I think we kind of got to stop doing. T Higgins is one of the other ones who I went the opposite direction and didn't care about it. I'm like, I don't care how many receivers are there. Tyler Boyd, AJ Green, fuck it. He's going to be good anyway. He'll, 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 uh, he'll rise over them. So, um, yeah, just definitely to keep that in the back of your mind for sure with landing spot. And the last one is Acres, which I'm still not, I'm still not completely sold, but he's had a really, really good last three weeks. Uh, pretty much made Henderson disposable, Malcolm Brown disposable. They get, they still get some work, but it's kind of the Cam Maker show now. And I think a lot of people assume that it's going to be the Cam Maker show running going forward. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not really entirely sure, but that's another one where it's like, ooh, Acres, you know, to the Rams, it's like they got all those other guys. Henderson, he kind of flashed. But there's other people like Henderson sucks. So me personally, I was like, oh, I don't really want Acres in uh, L.A. because of the other two guys that are playing there, right? That offensive line, etc. But he's he's coming on and he's balling. So what do you guys think about Acres? Uh, I was wrong about him. <laughs> I mean, I'll be the first to admit. Um, no, he's come on over the last couple of weeks, and he's proven why they picked him with where they picked him and I'm riding him right now in the NFL.com playoff championship um, little playoff thing. And he put up good numbers for me last week. So I'm not hating on him one bit. FSU pride right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I love acres, man. I just, I guess maybe I'm going to let the landing spot get to me, uh, continue to get to me. I don't think it's a great landing spot for any one running back to do well there right now. I think I think Henderson is continue is going to continue to be a little like Nat, you know, 
that's going to, yeah, a little thorn in his side uh, along the way. I wouldn't be surprised if they add somebody else. Again, I, I mean, imagine if Akers was down in Miami, if he got drafted to Miami or something like that, somewhere where it was just kind of open for him to really take all the touches and take the reins. Yeah, it would be a whole different story. So it's hard for me to say landing spot doesn't matter here. That's a really good thought. I didn't think about that either. Most of these guys I listed went to places we thought would be bad, but they were good. I guess what I was going to say, damn it, damn it, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to no. say, uh, you know, this little exercise lets me know that, hey, maybe we shouldn't give a shit about landing spot, but you're right. If he had gone to uh, Miami, he'd be doing a whole lot better. He is in uh, LA, I guess. Here, here, we, here we go. Yeah, this, here we this go. Ag- what about Keyshawn Vaughn? Everyone's like Tampa Bay. <sighs> Although I thought Keyshawn Vaughn sucked, so it didn't really matter to me. Hey, same, <laughs> I have same, plenty of shares yeah. of him, and I'm just holding on. No, think about <laughs> it. I mean, hold honestly, on. I'm hold sure they were going to Fournette, Josh. but I think McCoy's. I, think I don't think so. McCoy's done. And okay, let's say they get rid. Let's yeah, say I they mean, get rid of Fournette and don't bring any balls in. It's going to be the Vaughn show. So. No, it's going to be Ronald Jones. <laughs> okay, if he can get through Vaughn. five games without getting injured and missing two games, come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that i i think the the bottom line i think is really more landing spot always matters it's how does it matter that's just what it is it's just how does it matter it really is like it always always matters it's just like how uh it mattered for justin jefferson too even though he did well we just looked at it the wrong way would you ever do a rookie draft that went before the NFL draft. Would you ever want to want, want uh, to be in a league like that? Uh, I, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, those are two different answers. I, I guess I would, but I wouldn't want to. What about no. you, Josh? Uh, uh-huh. I'm actually, yeah. unfortunately, having to do one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not excited about it one bit, but. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, imagine, seriously, seriously. This, I, I'm trying to think who last Jefferson. year would be this guy, but like. Yeah, yeah. Justin Jefferson is a guy who who maybe, but like I'm trying to think of a guy who like you're like I want him so bad, and then he goes to a spot, and you're like I don't want him at all. Maybe oh, maybe like Denzel Mims or something not. like that. You know what I mean? Where it's like you would have picked him early, like oh that guy's a baller. He ran. You know what I mean? And then boom, you're like this isn't really what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so um, it it can happen. Like that's that's why you don't want to do that. You want to avoid that as much as possible. Excellent. Love that. All right. So Jeopardy question of the week. This player has rushed for less than 110 rushing attempts in each of the last three seasons, but he also led his team in rushing touchdowns. And if you need more, uh, if nobody can get it, I got, I'll give you a, I'm a, hint. a hint. You're right. You know, it. I have a, I have a guess. Yeah. You can guess. And if not, I'll give a hint. Is it Ingram? No, hey, that's that's an interesting one. Um, there's he's still in the playoffs. Latavius. Oh no, no really? Hold on, All right, hold on, hold on. No, so I, I, it's definitely, it's definitely a trick question. Oh. If that helps, is it Tariq Cohen? So this, so one more. No, <laughs> what? No, he's still in the playoffs. The, he was in the, the they were in the wild card round. They were in the wild card round. No, divisional, <laughs> divisional round. No, you, this player is rushed for. <laughs> all right, I'm going to tell you all, but I'm going to say it one more time. This player is rushed for less than 110 attempts, uh, rushing attempts in each of the last three seasons, but also led his team in rushing touchdowns. That's Josh Allen. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Like nobody, like the other rushers on the team got like Signal two Terry. touchdowns or something a year. He act. He. he yeah, he actually led the team in rushing in 2018. He didn't lead the team in rushing yards or anything like that the last two years, but he did lead them. I think he has, he has at least eight touchdowns every season rushing. So um, not a guy who I'm very fond of, as, <laughs> as you all know, but it's, it's hard not it's hard, uh, okay, you know, to so, okay. uh, deny since, what he's doing right now. This has now come up in AGP and this pod. Have you come around this season? No, I don't – like, again, I'm, I'm going to let it breathe for the season. I – he's doing really well, but I still don't know if this is like something he can sustain. And I think a lot of people think he's like, 
the future of the league. You know what I mean? And I, I, and I, and while that's possible, I don't, we all look how fickle this, these fucking people are. Lamar Jackson was the face of the league two years ago. And now it's like, oh, he can't throw the ball anymore and he's not good. So it's like, that can happen in so, three seconds. Okay. Well, all I'm saying you, is you think the rumors that he's careful. about to get the richest contract in NFL history wrong. Do I think he shouldn't get the richest? Yeah. Con- Probably not. But is he going to? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> like it, he's playing amazing, and if he goes to the Super Bowl this year, he's gonna get that. Yeah. Yeah. And and then in general, I think most quarter- Matt Stafford was the highest paid quarterback at one time. I think uh, Tannehill was right up there at one point in time. Just that's the way the nature of the quarterback contract. So. But he's yeah, not. He's not getting yeah, Mahomes the money. The though. He ain't getting Mahomes money. It's. It's next quarterback up gets as well, much money as possible. He's not going to get Mahomes money in the fact he's not going to get 10 years, but he might get a higher average over three A higher yeah. yearly over average? Three or maybe. Four years. Yeah, but he's not. No, Nobody's signing uh, Josh no. Allen a 10 year no, deal. That's right? not likely because of what I'm saying. football contract. I mean. No, that's true. That's one of the very high exceptions there. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, and shout out to Josh Allen. Great season. Uh, he's the best running back on their Probably team. Yeah. So, yeah, fuck you, Bill Moth. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sorry, that came out. <laughs> They're going to come for you. <laughs> Not bad for a running back, right? Not bad for a running back. Sweet. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I think we covered everything for this week. Cool, man. So, just wanted to throw it out there. We're going to have some future guests on the pod. Next week, we have. Uh, tentatively at fantasy freezer he's going to come on here and join this great guy to follow on twitter by the way very responsive and puts out good content and then soon after we should have another dff army uh at dff underscore carp really really nice dude super sharp writes a ton and uh he should be really awesome to have on the show so yeah definitely these are both uh like like your eyes say, there's about DFF Army guys. Um, Fantasy Freezer, Paul Peterson, he or Paul Patterson, he's um awesome dude. Really excited to have him on. He's one of the smarter minds uh, in the industry, at least coming up. He's just I love his work and uh, Tyler Carp. He's awesome. I mean, he's literally like the lifeblood of uh, of DFF. He like you said, he <laughs> writes a ton. Is an understatement to be honest with you. So can't wait to have these guys on and uh, shoot the shit with them. Oh yeah. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dynasty Underdog. Uh, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Just Your IFF, at Any Given Pod, at Willie Beeman DFF, at Josh Goldberg AGP. If you haven't liked us or given us or rated us any stars yet, what are you doing with your lives? Get on that right now. It's the off season. You don't have to set any kind of fantasy lineups. Take the three seconds and take three seconds it takes and click subscribe and give us five stars. The reviews mean more than you know. I'm done <laughs> awesome. with my spiel. Yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Have a good week. Peace out, Sam.